Hello and welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm your sexy ranch and co-host Calderness. This is episode 288. Howdy, howdy, let's get rowdy. Dial H for Heroclix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Heroclix singles and sealed products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Joining me in the studio today is my good friend, co-host, Simeon Bruce. What's going on, Simeon? Aloha, Calder. Ooh, look at that. That's fancy, that's fancy speech I for... Uh, cultured. Yeah, that means family, right? Uh, that's that one. I Pretty sure it does. Pretty I sure think that's the Oana, or I don't know. Stitch taught me that one, but I can't remember. That's the Elvis one, right? Anyways, uh, we like to start off every week without uh, incredibly limp banter. Uh, with what made <laughs> us happy this week, Simeon, you got something to make you happy this week. Yeah, what made me happy this week is it's getting cold out, so the cold season means that Infusion is bringing back their pistachio porter, and, you know... I don't know if you've ever been a big fan of, like, pistachio ice cream or pistachio, like, uh, pudding or, like, any pistachio-flavored foods, but their pistachio porter is really good. Well, all right. I can probably say I've never had, besides pistachios themselves, like, pistachio-flavored anything else, uh, unless you consider Tomater's pistachio-flavored ice cream, I've had some of that sometimes. If you know yeah. specifically what that means from the amazing movie of Cars 2. But no, that's cool. It's good. I like seasonal drinks coming around. It's always good. <sighs> yeah, it's good. Anyways, moving on. That's <laughs> uh, what made me happy this week. Uh, we had the last week, or really this was our show week, of A Christmas Carol. We had six show dates. Uh, one Thursday, one Friday, and then two on Saturday and Sunday. And that was it. It was only a one weekend show. We got them all done. I had a blast. I absolutely loved this amazing uh, cast and crew of incredibly talented actors and everybody. And I really thought we gave a pretty amazing show. Our director did say, on the last show, I like to do something stupid uh, because it's the last show and who cares. And he did say before the uh, little cast meeting we had, he's like, hey, look, people are still seeing it for the first time. So just act to the same way you've been doing it the entire time. And I'm like, yep, sure will. <laughs> you know. Like a liar, I said that. <laughs> uh, so there's one scene where I'm not Fred, and I change uh, my character, who actually has lines. He's somebody else. So I've been doing a different voice that's not like my, Merry Christmas, God bless us, like whatever. So uh, I did Korg for the last night. So I was like, oh, what's the matter with him? What's he done with his money? Like, I know it doesn't sound like Korg. I know it's pretty poor. But I was basically doing just a really bad accent, pretty much. And then that... And I took a few more liberties with my character and all the other scenes and, like, did things that I was maybe unsure whether or not to do, but they got a laugh out of the audience. So, you know, it was totally worth it. And I really enjoyed that. I am really going to miss, you know, every time you go to, like, maybe a camp or a meeting or a convention or whatever, you hang out with a group of people and, you know, kind of like as you're saying goodbye, you kind of realize, like, this group of people will never be all together in one spot ever again. And it's like, man, that hits hard. That really sucks, but uh, I, sh I just loved uh, loved the entire experience, loved getting out acting again, even if it wasn't the biggest role, it doesn't really matter. I just had such a fun time, I was really glad that happened, and that 
made me incredibly happy and ready for the Christmas season this week. Without further ado, normally we would jump into the news sections, but we are still doing our new clicks on the block segment since there isn't a lot of news right now. So we are going to go ahead and start our latest segment of new clicks on the block. So, you screwed up. You know what you did was wrong. The question is, how are you going to make things right? Maybe you were trying to be cool. But take it from a guy who's been frozen for 65 years. The only way to really be cool is to follow the rules. The rules. Tell us about the rules, Simeon. The rules of the game. Fundamentals of which this game is built on. So you got your figures, you got your dice and tokens and your venues and your... Popsicle sticks, I don't know what you're using for line of fire, but you got your stuff. Uh, so what you need now is to know how to play the game. And so the best place, in my in my opinion, the best place to find the rules is if you just Google. A lot of like my suggestions are just Google. Yeah, uh, if you so just helpful. Google WizKids, or not WizKids, just type in HeroClicks Hero rules, it'll, the first, uh, very first result will most likely just be direct to the win system and it's got all their PDF files you can look at the uh, the powers and ability card you can look at the 2019 rules the uh, comprehensive rules and there's like a little addendum that you can look at as well um, that'll get you a good start that is not the be all end all of the rules because they're constantly changing and figures are constantly changing, but that's the best place um, to get your own copy. In addition to that, you can just buy a starter set, um, and you'll get whatever that starter set came with, which, if you buy a newer one, should be the 2018 rules. If you buy something older, hopefully it's not anything older than the 2017 rules, because yeah. that was when the real big update happened. And you can make buy with the 2017 rules, but you really want to get something that's got the 2018 ones. Um, I don't know which ones. I don't think Earth X had those. It had. So it, it had would a just be book. Black Panther. Uh, Earth X had a rulebook. Okay, yeah. so it'd be it yeah, Earth X and book. like forward. So like Earth X, um, maybe Rebirth. I don't know if their starter had one. Had fast forces, but also it's rebirth. So who bought any of that set? It wasn't fast. It wasn't fast. <laughs> I want to say though. it was basically a <laughs> yeah. fast forces because that whole set was kind of dialed back to like something that didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and then beyond that, uh, the tabletop teacher is I think WizKids like main go-to YouTube channel guy for rules, and he's got a lot of like pretty friendly, user-friendly uh, intro-level videos on how to start the game. And so that's another good resource. If you're more of a visual learner and you don't want to read through all the books, you can get the rules from there. Who wants to read anymore? Huh. No, but it is really important because he, he does upload content. I personally uh, haven't watched a lot of it because by the time I think I even knew who he was, I was already kind of playing the game. But it is an absolutely amazing uh, resource for new players, just like how this episode of Nucleus on the Block is an amazing resource for new players uh, that want to get into the game and they need more of a visual uh, help or guide instead of just reading. I know, uh, let's just actually keep going before we get into how we learned, I suppose. Yeah, so I, I'm i going to say um, 
just straight up reading like the rules book, which is what I I did try and do that um, when I first started. But um, just doing that like alone isn't going to be enough because not, there's so yeah. many different rules interactions that you're really gonna need like a good a good team of people behind you, whether it's uh, the tabletop teacher or whether it's the guys at your own venue, which is what I usually suggest is get a good venue people that are actually willing and wanting to like teach new players how to play to get them to keep coming back and that's your best resource for it so what do you think what do you think Calder what's the best worst way to learn the game I think the worst way is thinking that just baptism by fire buying figures be like I'll figure it out as I play that's the worst way I think it's helpful I think you should still get that hands-on experience even if you aren't 100 percent sure but you shouldn't just buy figures and be like look people kind of you know I, I get moving whatever people will explain it to me that's definitely the worst way the best way i think i i read the pack and i read the rule book over and over and over again so i didn't have a venue to play at for the longest time and even i still didn't get it i find videos very helpful i watched a lot of glass cabinet hobbies videos when he was making them so tabletop teacher videos or whoever in the future is making uh, videos whenever you listen to this uh, absolutely check those out those are amazing I find them very helpful explaining powers like uh, energy explosion running shot you know things that combo with running shot things that combo with charge hypersonic etc are very important uh, I know when I first saw energy explosion I was like this is the most broken power in the universe it's officially my favorite <laughs> you know I just so that was really cool so yeah I learned a lot from like videos and then it just really helped because I realized no matter how much I read or whatever if I'm not playing the game I'm really not learning so go out and play be be totally confident no don't be afraid to make mistakes just just go out and play and honestly a lot of venues you go to if you say hey guys I'm new and they're like, oh, we're kind of doing a weird format. I guarantee one person will will sit down with you and kind of play and teach you a, in a more friendly, kind of casual game. So just really go out and play, but with the knowledge and resources of knowing what most of the powers do. Maybe not what the combo with, but at least like pulse wave. You don't have to say, oh, what that? What's that one do? You know, like that's probably a bad example. But like leadership, oh, what's leadership do? Let me look it up in my pack really quick. It's like, you know, just read through it a couple of times. You have a pretty good understanding of each power. You know, you don't have to be able to rattle off. You know, telekinesis, choose option A to move a character, whatever. It's like, no, I can move something six squares. You know, simplistic version of it. Just kind of work it through in your head how it makes sense. Because the description sometimes is really weird on these powers. You know, just get it what feels natural to you. That's what I would say is the best way to do it. For sure. I Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the best is a little bit of, you know, a little bit of everything. Um Definitely don't just try and, like, ham-fist your way through the rules. And don't listen to somebody if they tell you that it's just like a D&D &D encounter. And, you know, like, you roll for initiative and then you just move and attack and stuff like that. Because that person's just wrong if they tell you that. Um, I, I think the worst way to learn is to, like, show up to a tournament and try and, like, slog your way through a tournament... Which uh, is how I tried to learn. So, oh, like, boy. I came in, I didn't have a pack, I didn't have a rule book. All I had was, like, a few figures. And I showed up one night, and they're like, hey, it's the last month of War of Light. Nobody's playing, like, regular, but you can play this. And so I forced my, like, four opponents that night to, like, 
teach you basically go through like 50 minutes of yeah 50 minutes of like wow i just i just want to like play like you know tournament style and just like crush this guy and move on to like my next opponent but instead they were like no you can't do that you have to do this and like you know that like kind of like having to walk me through the whole thing um but yeah youtube uh your venue um learn by yourself those are like the three big ones um and once you get the basic rules down, how to move, how to place, how to attack, like how to roll, stuff like that, you need to start paying attention. So I would suggest, I guess, play without powers, like maybe practice with yourself without powers a few times. Just get like the basic like movements down, uh, the turn sequence, you know, like how many actions you get a turn, all that, get that down. And then start introducing powers, and with powers come great responsibility, Calder. That's not a quote that's overused. Nope, never heard of that uh, one before. <laughs> so, we need to know what powers stack, and which powers can be used in conjunction with each other. Ooh. Because this game is all about throwing a ton of powers on a character, and then you can only use half of them at a time. <laughs> so... What would you tell me if I said I wanted to charge Flurry Blades? Yep, sure thing. Go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Charge gives you a close, so you got to pay attention to whether it's capital close or lowercase close. And I have to say, this or, is a lot easier than it used to be. <laughs> now they all have these yeah, big, yeah, yeah. big all-caps letters, you know, close, range, power those are very helpful in determining which powers work together so those are like your first little clues in helping you out right there for sure keep going and occasionally you'll the reason why you want to get this down pat you want to like really get a good grip on this is you'll get those weird wonky special characters that can use different stuff with different powers so we've got a speed force death stroke who has hypersonic, and normally with hypersonic, it's a close or range attack, plain vanilla close or range attack. With the with the speed force deathstroke, he's uh, able to use like energy explosion, and I think he's got a few other options that he can use with his specialized one, his specialized hypersonic. So you really want to figure out, you know, which powers grant capital close, which ones give lowercase close. Which ones are a power action? Which ones are a move action? Which ones are a free action? Free action is a big one because you can only do it once per turn. Um, you can only activate a free once per turn, and a lot of the time you're going to want to activate all the free powers that you have yeah. access to. Um, so you got like sidestep, outwit, perplex. All of, all of those you can use before an attack. You could sidestep up, perplex somebody down, out with their defense, and then charge. What you can't do is charge and then outwit, or you can't like running shot, get into range of them, right. and then outwit, then perplex. It's got to be done before you begin that action thing. Um, but yeah, you've got you've got like running shot that gives you the ability to use a lot of your attack powers. You've got charge that gives you the ability to use a lot of your attack powers. And then you've got Hypersonic that doesn't stack with most of the attack powers. Um, actually, it only stacks with, I think, two of the attack powers. Um, but it's still good. Uh, just 
make sure you read through there and you get a good grasp on what those powers entail. Most of the time, damage powers are going to be more passive right. or free. So, like prob, it's a passive power. It does not require a free action. You still can only do it once per turn, but that's because the power says that, not because yes. it's free. Um, so, it doesn't have to be activated like a normal free action. And then, going from those powers, so... Those, that's something that you're really going to have to work through, I would say, with other people. Because you might practice with yourself like all day long and then find out that you weren't using uh, like leadership right. Or you weren't using perplex correctly or whichever. Um, and so when, once you start playing with like other players and they start pointing out like, hey, you can't, you can't charge flurry exploit. That's one of the big ones. Right. You can yeah. charge exploit. You can charge flurry. You can't charge flurry exploit. Um, so that's one of the big ones that doesn't stack. And if you read into what each power grants you, you'll realize why those kind of things don't mm -hmm. stack. And to go along with that, um, is there any is there any other power stuff that you want to talk about? No, I think you basically covered it. It's just really important understanding like which ones can be used together, even if they don't feel like they can. Like how mind control is closer range, so it might feel weird, but you can absolutely charge with it, you know, make a close attack mind control, even though it doesn't feel right. Stuff like that, just really wonky ones, you know, things that don't stack with running yeah. shot a lot. Most of the range-related powers, energy explosion, pen blast, pulse wave, don't stack at all with running shot. You can't uh, penetrating psychic blast, energy explosion anymore. <laughs> So there's just a lot of weird interactions like that that were changed over the years, uh, for balance sake. But once you learn these powers, you know, and playing without powers might feel slow, uh, especially if you are a veteran player and you're teaching someone how to play. It feels really, really painfully slow playing without powers at all. You know, some figures seem just terribly weak and all sorts of stuff. But once you start playing with powers, you understand how the game flows so much better, and you understand why knowing combos, like, sure, charge is great. You're like, wow, I'm just blown away. I can move and attack. That's amazing. Uh, but being able to move and attack and then make two attacks is like a thousand times better. So understanding all the combos and what your characters and figures are fully capable of is just just absolutely huge for the base understanding of the game. Definitely. And then to go along with that, um, there's like a very basic like setup of how you want to place your figures when you start a game. So you've got this big wide open starting area and you might think like well I want to put my three attackers like on each edge that way I can like control you know each section of the map um, that's not always like a bad idea sometimes that works it depends on the map and yeah. it depends on your opponent's force but your figures might have powers so you'll want to like pay attention to this on top dial you might have a Captain America that's got leadership and you might place your Iron Man like two squares away and then you move them both up and if you don't put that Iron Man next to Captain America well when you roll for leadership and you get that five or six you're not gonna be able to take the action token off of Iron Man because he's not adjacent so you're gonna wanna pay attention to little things like that leadership's a big one people with the flight symbol instead of the boot symbol uh, make sure you're placing them when you start the game make sure you place them next to somebody with the boot symbol because uh, you can taxi them up. You just carry them up, 
and the person with the boot symbol doesn't get an action token for that turn. They can't do anything else other than free actions, but they're a little bit closer to the enemy, and they're one action token less than they would be normally. So make sure when you're when you're placing and you're you're putting your like little formations out there that you've got kind of like a a little like bit of an ebb and flow to it. Um, there's a lot of powers that are like uh, there's empower and enhancement, which are both passive powers, and on the surface they don't do anything for the figure that has them. But man, do they pack a punch if you place them correctly. Right. Absolutely. One of the like worst things I see is having like your flyer a, a space or two and not net, you know just not adjacent to someone who they should carry. It's like ah, I forgot to place them there at the beginning. I'm like yeah. You know, I, I've kind of subscribed to the idea now where my team setup is like the team clump. I just clump everyone together, front row, whatever it is, and then I just move out from there. I I used to do I used to do what you said before, uh, put one guy in the middle, one guy on the far edge, one guy on the other edge, and it's just not the most effective way of of really doing things. Uh, and I, that's how I used to play all the time. And now I'm like, no, you know, I've got three Captain Americans on the team. They should all just be next to each other for leadership. Like, that's just the best way to be. Even though I had one Captain America that I could do it anywhere. Either way, uh, it's good to have those passive powers just as useful as possible. Just get the most use out of them. That is the best way to do it. Flight, etc. All of that. I think that was all just good advice. For sure. Um, so to go along with, like, the that kind of like team formation kind of like placing correctly um your basic team builds depending on like what you build to we'll go over formats here in a little bit but depending on what you build to your basic team build can be everything from like a one-man army you just put like hey we're playing 300 points this guy's dial says that he has a 300 point line so you click them to that, and that's what you're playing. You're playing just that one guy, and man, you're hoping you roll well. Um, you can go from that to like a tent pole, where you've got, you know, maybe this guy's only 200 points, but then I've got three guys that are like 30 points each, and they're going to boost him up and like help him out. So you've got, you've got your big guys. Um, then you can do things like my favorite kind of team build is like swarm team where you just have a bunch of cheap cannon fodder, and they don't survive if they get hit. You know, most of the time, uh, just this last week, I played I played a bunch of uh, foot tech. Um, just a ton of foot clan ninja stuff, and they're all about three clicks deep, maybe four clicks deep if you pay a little bit more. But they're also super cheap, so they're like 15 points, 25 points. And their one downside is they don't have a great taxi. So what you have to do is kind of just, you know, you want to place your guys with passive powers, your enhancement, your uh, empower. You want to put them, like, in certain areas. And then you want to put all the ones that you're okay with, like, dying in one turn up in front of them to protect right. and stuff like that. No, absolutely. And then, uh, is there any... I know I'm missing a couple team builds, but what what's a team build that you would normally run other than tentpole, one-man army, or, like, swarm? Tentpole, one-man army, or swarm. Besides those, 
Hmm. I do a lot of, uh, sort of like, not really, I don't know if this is swarm, but more like mini attacker groups. Like there's one clear, this guy carries this guy, this guy carries that guy, and they sort of support each other, and they can both kind of go on their own. Something simple like that, where it's really just more of a, what you would call kind of like a sixes competitive style team. If you're like familiar like video game sort of like lingo, where you have like a main attacker, secondary attacker, like a super basic team build, one person that's a taxi slash support, one healer of some kind, and then one uh, really tertiary tertiary attacker niche niche character is kind of like one of the more uh, other familiar team builds where it's like I just want to play all these characters. Like if I wanted to play the uh, this is probably a bad one, but Serpent Society. They're all just kind of good attackers, okay attackers. They have one or two uh, that more excel at it, so you would play like those two plus one or two support figures uh, like that, basically, is a very common team build I run all the time, since that seems to be a lot of their comic-accurate figures are soon into that if they have that keyword more filled out. The Thunderbolts, I imagine, soon. The old Thunderbolts were very filled out that way, you know, I know, like, teams like the Wrecking Crew weren't at all. They were all just like, I attack, and he attacks, and he also attacks. And we, we just all attack, and we all just are close, and that's all we can do, you know? So, depending on how you build, um, that's pretty huge by keyword and everything, and understanding how all that flows together. But for my basic team composition, for more casual, you know, comic-accurate teams, it's normally about one or two really good attackers with, you know, a few support here and there. Definitely, yeah. So kind of like a like tent pole, but you split the tent pole into like split two tents, or three. Yeah. Um, it's like two two little poles holding up the tent together. Yeah. Occasionally, like you'll be like, "Hey, this tent pole's great, but I want like an outwit." Well, like here's a seventy-five point piece for, with that has outwit, but also can be a decent attacker. And so now, like, maybe your tent pole is less of a tent pole and more of, like, a like a three-pronged attack because you've got support powers that can also double as, like, your attackers. Um, so that's, yeah. I know when I very first started, I tried a scientist-themed team, and it was all just support powers, and I didn't really have a solid attack. Like, there wasn't a damage dealer that I had on Ooh. the team. And it was also very slow, and that was a rough night for me. So like I, I never, I never played Egghead after that game. <laughs> no, I, I feel like uh, playing Egghead is hilarious. Like Hank Pym is just you know, how dare you play Egghead? Uh. Um, but that takes us to, so, well I guess we'll, yeah we'll just go over your basic formats that you would play in. So let's say you show up to a casual event, your typical formats, um, they're going to be like a point-based kind of build. So if you see it on Facebook, if you see it on the win system, it'll say, like, this build is 300 points. Well, if you look at your figures on their handy little dial there or on the card, uh, it'll tell you how many points that character is. You can sometimes have a character that's worth 200 or 175 or 50. You've got like three different lines to choose from. And as long as you start them on that specific line every time, that is the point they are for that whole thing. Um, 
building up to like a 500 point team you can play like some bigger guys and then some smaller guys to help them out and then once you get your point builds figured out uh, all you really need for that is like a calculator and a decent idea then you can go into what kind of event it is so our our normal event are modern which is just sets that haven't rotated hero clicks is a collectible game that does have a two-year rotation on the main sets and a three-year rotation on con exclusives um, occasionally some stuff makes it past one of the rotations for one reason or another and some of calder's favorite stuff gets retired early that's right so <laughs> so those now go into golden so if you go to a golden event you can play things like Felix Faust that have been retired early. Um, you can play things like Sentry Void. You can play all the greatest pieces that have ever been and ever will be in Golden. You can also play anything that's still modern in Golden. But in modern, it's only the newest stuff from this point to two years back. Um, HC Realms is a great I, I don't know why I didn't say this off the top. Yeah. But when you're doing a build, if you go to the HC Realms units section, you can filter by anything that your pretty much anything that your venue will say. So if they say it's golden, it's this point value, it's got to have like a named keyword, it's got to have this or that, blah blah blah. You can go into the units section and you can hit whether it's golden age or modern. You can hit whether you want to figure that's 400 points or 500 points or less than 100 points or whatever you want. You can filter by all that stuff. Um, so, oh, and then I guess, so there's modern golden age. There's some variations on golden age, which will restrict it a little bit. And then uh, I guess we'll just go over our favorite, like some favorite of, uh, formats that you've played calder uh probably my favorite format i like golden golden is like super close to my all-time favorite golden with conditions is absolutely my favorite some people call this silver or apparently copper never heard that before but uh we call normally we call it silver age which is like golden figures only no none of the extra equipment relics resources whatever none of that crazy stuff I just want to play some good old-fashioned figures I haven't been able to play in a while. And I love Golden, because I still buy Golden Age figures, because they're just characters that I really like, or I think they might do some neat combos with newer figures. So I'm, I'm always on the lookout for really fun Golden Age figures I can add in my collection. That lets me play all my zombies that I like to play. It lets me play my Hammer of Thor Captain America, and just figures that I just I love to death and will never let go, no matter how ancient they are or how bad their stats might be. You know, that's why double perplexes and you know three weasels on a team is a thing because i want them to be good gosh darn it i don't care how many points i have to sink into it i just want howard the duck to make an attack and like kill someone because it's awesome so that's why i love golden age and you know bringing down the crazy is always helpful because and sometimes ramping up the crazy is great too i i really can go with both some people if, they, if it's a more casual setting some people try to break any format we play at all you know, they're just like, oh, we're playing Golden, non-restricted, except for Felix Faust or whatever. What's the most broken thing I can make? I just think, what's the most funny thing I can do? You know, Howard the Duck is easily getting the Infinity Gauntlet. I mean, like, there's no ifs or buts around that. 
So I absolutely, I absolutely love Golden Age. Let me play everything. I own all these figures. Let me play all of them. That's my favorite format. What about you, Simeon? Uh, Golden is definitely my favorite. Um, I do occasionally like to bust out some modern stuff just to see if I've got that competitive kind of like ability in me. Uh, spoiler, I don't. But I really like so humble this guy. I really like the <laughs> I really like the ability to like go through you know I've just got these like stacks and stacks of boxes with old figures and I love to be able to like pull out Trinity War Superman and just like throw him on a Justice League team because I still think he's like one of the best Superman we've ever got. And he still holds up really well. I also like going all the way back to like Hammer of Thor and pulling out that super rare uh, Ultron that was in there. And even though he doesn't stand up to today's standards, maybe I like throw on some equipment that's newer. Maybe I like play him with like some some support pig, like pieces that'll uh, you know bump him up in stats so that he doesn't die right away. That kind of stuff. Um, plus, Golden Age just gives you this endless backlog, basically, of hero clicks. Uh, I, I shouldn't say endless, because there's a lot of bad stuff in Golden. Don't just go, like, hog wild and buy a bunch of Golden Age stuff, assuming that you'll be able to play it in casual, because there's a lot of bad stuff out there. But there's also a lot of really good cheap stuff that you can pick up, and you'll be able to have tons of fun with it, because I still have tons of fun with, like, my old Wolverine and the X-Men stuff. I have tons of fun with, uh, like, Fear Itself, which is older than... It's not as old as uh, Wolverine no. and the X-Men, but it's it's pretty so was, old now. They're on the same... Uh, they came out around the same time. Yeah. And uh, the original Deadpool set is still oh, really oh, cool if you love Deadpool stuff. If you like stuff. wacky stuff, like, hey, Deadpool uh, has Thor's hammer. You know, that's really, really cool. There's really cool duos in that set. You know, Wolverine X-23, Deadpool, and Bob... Like, you can go back, and pretty much, if it's carded, there should be about 10, I would say at least maybe 10 to 15 characters in that set that are absolutely, without a doubt, worth playing. If it is non-carded set, I would guarantee there are two figures in that set worth playing. Like, we go to Infinity Challenge, you know, there's almost 200 figures in the set, right? I would say, I would guarantee, if we just take away the little easy 10-point figures here and there that are just good support... I would say there's absolutely, without a doubt, two figures worth playing. Fire Lord uh, is one of them. <laughs> and then, like, you know, that Nightmare is one of them. And that's the only only oh, few sure. I could, like, 100%, without a doubt, recommend. You know, I know that Kang... Okay, Kang's actually really good, too. Anyways, now, now I'm starting to look through it, and I'm getting a little uh, off track here. But, yeah, if they have a printed 14 attack, they're definitely worth playing. Don't get me wrong. But seriously, out of 200 figures, there's like maybe five in Infinity Challenge we're playing. Same thing with all the REV set ones. You know, if they're not random little lackeys or, you know, Metropolis Police, Gotham City Police, you know, just normal police or S.H.I.E.L.D. agents or Hydra agents, they're normally not worth playing. And that's kind of a bummer, I know. And even a lot of carded sets that aren't Oreo, and even there are terrible carded sets that are Oreo, Guardians, you know, Galactic Guardians and Superman, that just... There's so many bad figures in those sets. Uh, so be a little cautious, but, you know, have fun. Even if it is bad, if you want to play that version of Batman or Superman or whoever, go for it. Yeah, and worst case scenario, like, let's say you grab, like, the best figure out of, uh, like, Superman Legion of Superheroes. I don't even know what that would be, but let's say you 
grab like the best one. If it's not a chase, at most it's going to be like five bucks. Yeah, you're not spending a ton of money. Like you're, you're literally spending less than like a third of the price of a, like a booster on uh, most of this stuff. And if it's good for like one night of fun, then you know that's good enough for me. Um, I can always just like set it on my shelf. That's another thing is like a lot of times I'll just grab figures because I love the sculpt or I yeah. don't have a version of that character. And once I get a version of that character and I've got like a cool sculpt, then it doesn't really matter if I play it more than two or three times a year. Um, I've got a, you know, Krang Indisputed Ruler of Dimension X, and I've only played him about twice, but I love that little brain inside the robot belly, yeah. and so I'm going to keep him forever. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and so. I think next thing, speaking of like prices and stuff like that, next thing we're going to cover is going to be next episode we'll go over how to buy stuff, where to buy stuff, how to trade, where to trade, and you know how to sell, like the opposite of buying. Yeah, some etiquette so, uh, for how to uh, be a good trader, seller, all that fun stuff. Businessman in the yeah. HeroClix community, if you would. Absolutely. And that ends this week's episode of New Clips on the Block. Like always, I'm going to put a timestamp here, so thank you so much, guys. You skipped that. Now we're going into our normal episode, where we're going to go ahead and start talking about the news this week. Unplugged is definitely a thing that happened this past weekend. If you were there, congratulations. I hope you had a lot of fun. I don't know what all events were being run. Probably just a lot of Battle Royales, maybe a few side events. No main events are being run this year from what I could see. But the WizKids did have Heroclix on display. Most notably, the beautiful box art and a few really cool characters for Captain America and the Avengers set. I love me some Alex Ross. This is like the third set in a year or so where we just have amazing Captain America-related Alex Ross art. Uh, Battleworld had it, EarthX had it, and now this set has it. And I'm the kind of guy that keeps boosters, at least one booster, normally, of a set that I really like that has really cool artwork. Oh, yeah. This is a great booster for that because it's got that, that scale yeah. male, like, Captain America winged helmet. I love it. Very so classic. So I'm going to go through the slides. And they here. didn't bog it down with garbage of exactly they kept it to the main man himself <laughs> like the way it should be now if only we would see more captain americas in uh in all these previews we're seeing so just gonna start left from right uh saying the characters that we see we have a super rare and i instantly forget his name what's like alpha? atlas atlas that's right atlas, Sienna, yeah I, you cannot pay me to care about thunderbolts uh, next up, we have another super rare in form, Mach 10. Really slick-looking armor. I will say this is a really cool-looking sculpt from the weird, kind of bad angle that we see it from. It's a I cool just want to say sculpt. about Alpha, or not Alpha. Boom, got him. We got <laughs> about him, Atlas. Uh, Atlas is like the pose that he's in, the way that his arms are spread. I have no idea how he's fitting in this booster, unless no the camera idea. is playing like a trick on the eye. And he's much smaller than he appears. There's going to be like one booster where you like squeeze it, and like two corners don't bend. Yeah. Because it's got his arms like outstretched like, yeah. in him. He's thick, ladies and gentlemen. He's he's yeah, just he's a big boy. Why I don't know why they would design a sculpt 
where he's basically just has two of his arms totally outstretched. Like they're sort of curled in, but like not not really. Like just the way it I just double arm. check that it wasn't like an Avengers Infinity kind of style set. Oh yeah, because I oh, saw geez. that and I was like, is that a two by two? What's going on? And yeah, he's just massive top. Yep. He's very top-heavy, uh, but he looks like, you know, well-balanced enough towards the middle that he shouldn't fall over, but once again, it's sort of a thing yet to find out for yourself. Next up, we get to see a real-life version of Isaiah Bradley. We've only seen kind of digital references of it before. We get to see another great uh, Falcon sculpt, which was the same from Nick Creative's Shield. We get to see the Chase Absorbing Man with his little brick wall clicks effects. Very cool Absorbing Man sculpt, by the way. He's kind of up on some concrete, doing the classic foot absorbing something else, arm absorbing brick wall thing that we kind of do for a lot of uh, Absorbing Man sculpts. And then we get to see uh, the like an in-person version of that Ultron as well. Very slick Ultron design, which is pretty cool. Sadly, uh, none of these pictures have good sides of the Captain America set, from like what I can tell, which is a, kind of a bummer, because I really wanted to, to know what more, besides just Thunderbolts and Avengers, uh, what more uh, side themes, sub-themes are going to be doing in the set. Next up, if that's all, that's really it. That's really about it for Captain America in this Yeah, in they've this got a, a starter there. But... Oh, they do have a starter. We do get to see the Hawkeye, Iron Man, Winter Soldier, Captain America, Isaiah Bradley, and, of course, Citizen V in the starter. It's at kind of a weird angle. Uh, the Captain America sculpt looks like it's going to be the common Captain America sculpt being reused. Everybody else uh, looks pretty cool. I am excited. Sadly, it's not a starter, it's just Fast Forces, so we don't get any cool maps with whatever they could have done, so it's just figures. But that is okay. It do be like that sometimes. Next up, talking about the lamest, the absolute garbage part of this uh, is Justice League <laughs> Unlimited. Like, who cares? I know. Thank you, citizen, who uh, who yelled that through my window. Uh, we get to see another bogged down DC set with a bunch of Justice League members no one cares about, including uh, what do we got here uh, on the box? We got Hippie, uh, Aquaman. We got not the best Green Lantern. We got Martian Dude. Are these these are all Heroclix sculpts on the front, which they look like Heroclix sculpts on the front, anyways. They look kind of cool, or maybe it's just so cartoony. I don't know. But like besides, they do. No, it does yeah. definitely look like they just straight up took the 3D picture of the sculpt and then put it on the box art. And is that like one of the first times we've seen that? Not for like the sides, but like for the box art itself. You know, besides the main three. Which also kind of look like Heroclix too, but everybody in the background 100% looks like those digital Heroclix sculpts that we've seen before. I think for the front of a box, I think that's the first okay. time. I yeah. don't remember a box ever having that for like the main image that the front of like the the case would or like the brick right. would have when you're like displaying. So that that to me is really neat. I thought that was actually really cool. We get to see one of the sides. It has the Seven Soldiers of Victory and the Justice Lords. We didn't kind of... We basically expected the Justice Lords to be a sub-theme in the set. Uh, Seven Soldiers of Victory is new. That's pretty cool. Glad they're filling that out. Uh, my The thing I'm most excited for that I see is the Wonder Twins. Um, the old Wonder Twins are not that good, and they are not playable. And they're also still like 15 bucks at places, which to me is whatever. makes no sense. So I'm excited to get new Wonder Twins. Very excited. Hopefully they aren't chases. If they are, whatever, I'll live with it. I'll buy them if I have to. Uh, but I'm very excited for the Wonder Twins being made. Along with that, we get to see... Uh, you know what? You, you do the rundown for this one. I did Captain America. You got this one. All right. So we've got um, across on the little pedestal from Wonder Twins, we've 
got uh, that's who is that? The, Black the Manta. Guy. The Black Manta. Black the pirate cosplayer. <laughs> really, Black Manta spray painting his little. <laughs> I really wanted to say Ocean Master, oh which is the other bad guy of the sea. But uh, we've got a Black Manta doing a swimmy thing. These two don't have a base, which really makes me think that they're trying to like. Because everything else has a display, like that's displayed, is on a base. So it really makes me think that they're trying to like pull one overs on us and be like, "Oh, like yeah. what are these?" And it's like, "Well, you're showing us a super rare, so these are probably yeah. the chases." But we don't really have any idea. Um, on the bottom, we've got Ultra Humanite. We've got Lex Luthor, which isn't. Yeah, he's not the yep. prime, which I was kind of hoping he was, because. There is two Lexes in the set, or at least two people with his colored outfit, so maybe one is the LE, um, or maybe he just shares the sculpt with, like, a uncommon I'm pretty sure they said the LE was Hot Girl, We've... but I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm, like, oh, 90% okay. sure. I think you're right, okay. yeah. So he probably just shares the sculpt with someone else. And then we've got the uh, common prime, Batman, which I think we already kind of knew he was going to be a prime because he had two sculpts that were too right. close to not be like a prime. This one? I can't tell. We've got Wonder Woman. Microphone one or something, right? Yeah. The microphone? Sure. I Yeah, there's one that's holding a batarang and one yep. that's holding a microphone. So I can't tell from this angle, but he would have to be the one with like the microphone to I, be the I prime, assume, I yeah. believe. And then if we've got Wonder Woman, uh, classic little pose there we've got solomon grundy born on a monday, born on a monday <laughs> related to ted bundy ooh, all those ooh, things ooh. i oh. think he's a looks like he's a rare um <laughs> who, who i don't remember him from the solomon cartoon Gunny. never uh never heard of him he's a zombie boy he's a big old oh, zombie neat boy. neat i think I hear, he I think, fight superman in the cartoon so i think he probably like sh- Wants pants, but he's already wearing <laughs> pants. But I just feel like he really wants pants. They're kind of ripped up. I think he wants pants, too. New ones, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got a Joker pose that we have not seen, oh, man, since uh, uh, the last DC set. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's no, definitely absolutely. straight out of World's Finest, but um, Joker with his like arms wide. That's an uncommon as well. We've got Jon Stewart. Also an uncommon, and then we've got a super rare Martian Manhunter. Oh boy, was I hoping this wasn't a super rare, but at least that means that he'll probably be real mean. The last super rare Martian <laughs> Manhunter was also real mean. So, but this is the second Martian Manhunter sculpt we're seeing because there's one where he's normal and he's like flying towards you or whatever, and this he's like a snake or something. Yeah, that's he's supposed to be. I can't tell if that's just flight effect or if that's him doing like a shape changey kind of thing. I feel like thing. that's a shape change. It's so it's so tubular, you know. Like I don't yeah. see his bottom legs, the rest of his torso. It's just gone. And so the image like, on the box definitely shows like him having different. legs. So yeah. Whether they just reuse the sculpt and give him a different bottom half, or if that's like a completely different Martian Manager, don't really know. Yeah. But we for sure have a super rare one now. Either way, one absolutely amazing set, Captain America, coming down the pipe, and then one mediocre set coming down the pipe, Justice League. Uh, so I'm getting excited for those. Uh, one thing I'm a little bummed about is that we've seen like 
more Batman for Justice League than we've seen Steve Rogers for Captain America, like, so far. Uh, so hopefully that changes. I want there to be, like, five to six different versions of Steve Rogers, at least in my Captain America set. But it's still a little new. It's a little too far out to tell. We're about three or so months away. So good things come to those who wait. And that is really about it for news. Any last uh, words on the old PAX? Yeah. What I was thinking, since uh, Fantastic Four is coming back, that means Human Torch is coming back, which means a long, a long-anticipated member of the Invaders that we haven't had in a while, the original Human Torch, could potentially be in Captain America. Um, I mean, we haven't seen any other Invaders, so I'm not going to hold my breath, but uh, I was talking to Devin about that the other day, and I was like, how cool would that be if we got, if we finally flish, like finished out the Invaders, and we finally got the, uh, I don't know, he wasn't a robot, he was a... Uh, he absolutely was a robot. Okay, he was, just yeah, a, he's a robot. he was just a robot, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, if we got the original Human the Torch, OG. that'd be pretty We haven't sweet. had a good, like, a good James Hammond Human Torch. It has been a long, long time. Uh, <laughs> like, you think, like, oh, we haven't got Rabble Rabble Fantastic Four. No. J- Jimmy, oh, poor Jimmy here. He has not gotten a good version. Uh, none, none are playable, uh, by the way. Uh, but even when it was, oh, yeah. it was like Secret Invasion was the last time he was made. Yeah, it's rough. And that'll that'll do it for, for good old news this week. I like that. I would love to see an Invader sub-theme, but like a good Invader sub-theme, not like the like okay Invader sub-theme we got in Nick Fury. Yeah. Which filled out Invaders we never had before, which was cool. Uh, but I would also like to get, you know, a few few classic ones. It just felt weird, you know, no human torch, no Toro in Nick Fury. No Spitfire, uh, no though. Thin Man. Yeah. Who Spitfire. doesn't want who doesn't, you know, love Spitfire? Yeah, she's she's great. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to the community section. There are dozens of us. Dozens. Yeah, I mean, like at least twelve to twenty-four dozens. Uh, this week, Community Tuesday's question was: What's your favorite relic or equipment? Kind of getting into the the spirit of the Christmas season, which is right around the corner, where people like to give gifts, and what's better than a gift to equip? your best figure with something that makes them a little cooler. Simeon, what is your favorite relic or equipment? Or both? So, I've got I've got a couple. My favorite relic is the Auk Arms. Um, not the new equipment Auk Arms. I'm talking the old triple target, minimum four range, can use perplex twice Auk Arms. So, you'd throw it on like your big beat stick dude that had like charge and like 12 attack 4 damage I usually threw it on like a hulk and you'd give him a minimum of 4 range with 3 targets and 2 perplexes so you'd like boost him to 6 damage and target 3 people with it and it's like wow hulk's just like whipping some awk arms around crazy style what a guy Uh, I used to love those things though Uh, they were really cheap for giving you 2 perplexes um way too cheap for that one of my favorite uh modern equipments would be mjolnir uh, i love the thought of having close attacks that just it combos with so many cool things having close attacks with your full range value um instantly makes every superman way more scary it makes any 
any Superman-esque character, anyone that like flies around fast, like Shazam, Black Adam, anyone that like hypersonics, but also has a range value, instantly more scary with Mjolnir. And then once they get close up, it does more damage and gives them a plus one attack. And then I think the most busted equipment um, in modern currently is the Time Gem, because you've got ten point equipable prob. And so you just don't have to put it on your team anymore. It used to be like, oh, how am I going to find like a 20, 20 piece, like, you know, 20 point piece that'll have prob. Um, now you've got a time gem or you've got a map bonus, I guess. And you've got prob. And then my other favorite relics are all the Yu-Gi-Oh ones because Ooh. they're so wonky. And if you play them with the resource, they're borderline broken. But if you just play like any individual Yu-Gi-Oh relic, um, one gives you outwit, but you can target through any of, like, any friendly character, and so I would equip that to, like, a, like, five-point piece in the back, or, like, a ten-point piece in the back, and then I had an outwit across the board, and you couldn't do anything about it, because the guy that was actually outwitting you was way outside of your line of fire, he's way outside of your, like, attack swing, um... There's one that let you see through... It was basically like uh, one of the Yu-Gi-Oh! Relics gives you like the cosmic Spider-Man kind of ability where he just sees through everything. Um, there's a ton of like really broken ones that were fun to play. That's awesome. Uh, I actually never got to play a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! stuff, so that's really cool. Um, one of my all-time favorite relics... I enjoyed a lot of the rings, but I never really played any of them without the resources, since that was just like the most effective way to do it. I liked the Uru Forge; it's one of the first, uh, it's the first relic I ever got, absolutely. And I was like, "What? That's amazing!" And it's like, "Eh, it's like okay, it's very easy to pick up. It's very, you know, like you can choose any stat that you want. So you know, plus three speed, sure, go for it." Which I thought was really cool. I used to put out people like use hypersonic or uh, uh, running shot, get that extra crazy plus three speed. Thought it was really dope. So I really liked the Uru Forge for that. Another one of my favorite relics was the Straight Jacket. I had a lot of fun with the Straight Jacket. I it's oh, so yeah. it's just it's hilarious just putting the Straight Jacket on people. It's like what are you gonna do? They they put it right back on you. But then you're like, yes, what I'm gonna do? That's right, <laughs> the Straight Jacket Usually. back on to you. You know. So I love I love the Straight Jacket. It's really fun. Modern relics. It's it's hard to not say the Venom Pump. I love the Venom Harness so much. Uh, plus plus one stats and battle fury when you want it, you know you don't even have to always have battle fury. Like oh man, rabble rabble rabble, that kind of sucks. No, you get to choose when you want this to happen, dude. It's it's freaking awesome. I I play this so much with Captain America Resilient uh, that I don't even I I'm like all right, he's gonna pump up the harness and he's like I destroyed your harness uh, like three turns ago. I'm like oh yeah, that's right. I'm so used to. Like, always equipping the harness on him. Like, when I play him without the harness, or, like, on a team that doesn't have it, or if I don't equip it, I, always, I just forget. I forget that I don't have it. It's, it feels so naturally. It feels like a Captain America trait, honestly, for that Earth X cap. That it's plus one stats Battle Fury for a turn. <laughs> just, like, extra yeah. angry cap. Yeah, man. Hey, he's done holding back. He's uh, he's going for it. He's going to snap Red Skull's neck. You know, he's we're done, we're done messing around. And I like it a lot. There's high risk, high reward. Plus one stats is amazing. Battle Fury also super amazing whenever you want it, you know. And then, you know, the the risk is on one to three, I, I get dealt an unavoidable damage. <gasps> you know, Captain America and any team I play with, I don't even try to heal him at all, which is probably terrible because he has one of the most crippling title effects like ever. 
But even with that, I'm like, yeah, whatever, we're rolling it. Because if you don't have to take that damage, it's like, pff, whatever. No biggie. So I just, I love the stat bonus. I love it all. And really, besides that, I, I can't even, like... I'm looking at like all the relics I have and everything, and I just I don't play with that many. Besides uh, the Venom Harness, sometimes like like Simeon said, the Prob Gem, Time Gem, stupid good. I mean, geez, ten points problem a team. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty hard not to put that on teams a lot of the time, just because I'm like, I want to play these figures, but I really also need a support power. It's like, well, here's ten points for Prob. You know, that figure is, you know, it's a light object. That figure's got sidestep. You will very easily just have a prob, you know, controlled character in team. Oh, they die? Oh, it just gets dropped. And unless your opponent, you know, destroys it that turn, um, you just get your prob right back, dude. It's pretty easy. You know, by the way, I have to say one thing for the gems. They are the most forgotten about uh, <laughs> objects to drop. The amount of times I forget people to drop, uh, see people forget to drop their drums is astounding a lot of people forget about them it's crazy oh, yeah. crazy but yeah so many people just forget about them because there's so much unequipped ko uh in this set like or in just in general and modern right now so i think that's really really funny that like unequipped drop catches a lot of people i really like thunderstrike as well because i like thunderstrike as a character and then you know healing that's pretty neat i would say moving on i'll go ahead and read the first one on twitter uh, Vigilante Chris Kurtz says, Blood Axe or the Mirror of Michelin, whatever. The Thor set has some good ones. <laughs> yeah, Enchantress Mirror. Mirror. Yeah. I love that mirror until you roll that one or two, like then you're not the first it. time you roll for Shape Change. And you're like, I'd rather just miss Shape yep. Change than literally destroy my equipment and lose it for the rest of the game. Um,. Alex Morse on Facebook says, I generally like the gems from Black Panther and the Illuminati. They're straightforward in the bonuses they give, and they add more excitement to their roles. Plus, I like the options on many characters to start the game with them equipped. Overall, very fun design. I agree with all points. Um, I like that they're really straightforward. They give you one power, one stat boost, and then one effect if you... Actually, they give you some of them give you more than one power, so I'm already wrong. But they give you one stat boost, uh, maybe one or two powers, like pretty simple powers, and then they give you a certain thing that happens if you roll high enough. And between the gems and the Brotherhood, I think a lot more people are paying attention to like when they roll yeah. tens and higher, because you normally only notice if you crit hit, but what you don't like pay attention to all the time is if you roll like a 10 or 11, you know, you're just like, oh, I hit. But when you've got one of these on, you got to pay attention. You got to be like, oh, I hit, and I'm gonna start TKing mm. objects at you for free. Like, that's pretty. It's pretty nice. Reality, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, protagonist Ben Jones on Twitter did a quick ask around here. He lives in Aussie, 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 Australia, and here are some of the top ones that people around his venue said. Enchanted Ball and Chain, the Ego Gem, the Nightbringer Ring, and he said, for me personally, he likes all the gems. All are great, but that Soul Gem is fantastic. Yeah, shout out to the show, Soul Gem. It is, it's pretty gnarly, and there's a reason that Doctor Strange costs so much. Oh, yeah. Uh, Enchanted Ball and Chain as well. Um, I've had a few, a few times I've built like a swarm team, and then I had a Hulk come over and quake for five on everyone. Ooh. And it's just like, well, that guy dies, that guy dies. And I was like, I don't even need to click these. They're all dead. 
It's done. The game is over. Congratulations. I wasn't paying attention. Citizen Peter Marshfield says, So many choices. My favorite relic is definitely the Black Lantern Ring. Favorite equipment is a tie, Nightbringer Ring, and Exospecs. Uh, Black Lantern is the Steel Energy Heal 1 when a character is KO'd, I believe. Something like that. Uh, Nightbringer is stealth and free smoke cloud, so basically permanent stealth, um, as long as they don't see through hindering. And Exospecs, as most of you know, is like a Infinity Gauntlet Light. Um, you can pick a speed or attack power, and if you pick one of, e one of either, a speed power or an attack power, you can't use any other associated powers. Ooh, ah. Little Plastic Superheroes, the ruffian said, if possessors count, then Ion. Nope, they sure don't. And he said, if not, the Reality Gem. Reality Gem is a good pick. I like the Reality Gem Perplex, TK, and then all that extra goodness. Oh, yeah. Uh, Adam Makajewski says, Goblin Glider. There's nothing like giving flight... Oh, nothing like giving figures like Casey Superman or Legacy Ares running shot. I can see that on Legacy Ares. There's a ton of figures that start... like They should be big, beefy monster figures. And their point cost is so heavy that like you'd think that they are. But then they start with phasing. It's like, man, I'm playing this big old, big, powerful 200-point guy. But all he can do is like phase up to the person. So you throw on the Goblin Glider and all of a sudden you're running shotting halfway across the map. And blasting people. And that's the way it should be. Darn right. Next up, Vigilante, Bonsai Tree and Sapling, says, Goblin Glider, because someone always needs to move an attack and or flight. The Goblin Glider is getting a lot of love. And I actually really like the Goblin Glider, too. Flight and, and uh, running shot is super dope. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can also use Beetle Pod for flight. But let's be honest, if you're going to give someone flight, you might as well give them running give shot. Give running well. shot, absolutely. And if they already have running shot, they get hypersonic. So yeah. double, double whammy. Uh, Steven Spooner says, Exospecs, the amount of versatility it adds to any piece for a mere 12 points is invaluable. Uh, I agree. Exospecs was probably one of the most under-costed things they've made in a long time. Especially since they came out with the Infinity Gauntlet a little while later that cost over double the points. Yeah. For basically the same thing. Um... Gave you a little bit more, but also a little bit less, depending on what you roll. Yep, for sure. Michael Holt on Twitter said, Now it's the Mansion Rings, but forever and a year ago, it was the Batman Utility Belt. Ugh. Pseudosaurus and KC Flash. Super heavy object. Yeah, those words oh, meant nothing to me. Heavy. Just read the next one. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> You never had someone hit you with the Pseudosaurus with the KC Flash? I probably count on one hand the amount of times I have played or played against the Bat Belt. Yeah, I can too, but you remember, because it's a real sore loss. Oh, it's always like, it's like, I have this this Hulk that's going to like you know do stuff, and it's like, well, does he die if I hit him for seven? And you're just like, uh-huh, he of does. A lot things do. <laughs> and then you have to cry a little bit on the inside. Matthew DePaz says, Relic would be Greed, auto-assigned to a giant-slash-colossal when playing Greed Chase, 
granting sidestep and energy shield deflection. Special object is easily infinity the 009 Infinity Gauntlet, which is the Iron Man one. Any power on any figure is great. I've learned it's better suited for a character with consistent powers down the dial because of the 1-2 risk. I love that gauntlet. I love the characters that can auto-equip it because, uh, like, Rune can have Charge Flurry with his Steel Energy. He can heal to top dial with uh, one attack if he's careful. Uh, Black Panther is way more survivable if you give him that gauntlet. So... I really like those figures, too. Absolutely. Superfan Demon Hunter said the time gem always. What a guy. Oh, man. That time gem almost makes me want to play Collector on every casual team that I play. Because, like, the amount of times where my opponent is just like, I'm going to equip the time gem, and I don't have, like, a competitive team, so I can't get over to it and, like, stop them from it. Yeah. I'm just like, man, I wish I had Collector. Superhero Sentinel King Lucas Tom Van Hollen says, Zero Ring. I wonder I wonder why. I wonder if he's ever maybe gotten, like, top eight. Hmm. You know, by tossing hmm. that on, like, an Alex Wilder or something. Uh, what could he possibly use blocking for? I don't know what uh, what his tactics are. Yeah. What kind of crazy nonsense is the Zero Ring? No idea. Sounds lame. Loyal Miller says, Them gems! Now, if I have to pick one, it's mine all the way. Plus, one to attack. Free mind control if you're high enough all day. Oh, yeah. That one comes with Loki. Loki. I pulled it and sealed. Didn't play Loki. I just played the time, or the mind gem with the Professor Hulk. Gave him a 13 attack top dial. And that was that's, pretty uh, That's pretty good. Say that's pretty good. Brian Poling says, Enchanted Crowbar. It's always fun to watch their big hitter melt when you ignore their invincible. I think Enchanted Crowbar would be great if you see a lot of juggernauts popping up Ooh, in your local yeah. news. Uh, just exploit right through that invincible. Don't even let them stop you. I absolutely love the old juggernaut. I no juggernaut. No, I hate that guy. I love the enchanted crowbar. Actually, yeah, I forgot to mention that earlier, but no, enchanted crowbar is a very solid pick. Do 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 do. Anthony Brown goes on to say, "Don't know if this entirely counts, but I love the detachable present that came with the Joker. Yes, it absolutely does count. Not game breaking or anything like that. Just straight up thematic and fun to use. Oh yeah, and to go with that uh, from Joker's Wild." the clue box that Riddler could pop off his base. That was Ooh. also... It wasn't a relic or anything like that. It wasn't something that you had equipped. It was just a cool 3D object. And I kind of wish they did more, like, base-centric 3D objects. But when they do them, yeah. I wish that they would fit it onto the sculpt more than just, like, a little dial that slides in. Um, but that's just me. Tyler Murin says, it's got to be the Cosmic Treadmill. Do you remember the Cosmic Treadmill, Calder? I know what it is. Uh, I have seen it played it before. Is, you roll like 2d6 if your speed value plus the result is higher than a, I think it's like 13 or 14, something like that. Then you clear like an action token from everyone on your team. Something like that. 
So he says cosmic treadmill, but if that doesn't count, then probably the bookshelf or dumpster from the OG set of 3D objects for Golden Age and for modern anytime a character creates an object after they have been KO'd, like Silvermane and his head, is always a good time. Something about that always makes me laugh. I would love to get a newer zombies that have similar effect to when they KO zombie, zombie Wolverine's arm or Cyclops' head, which grants a special power, and still hand out Z-Virus tokens when a character holding the object hits. So if you like, if you use like a zombie head in a close attack and you hit with it, not only does it do plus one damage, but they get a Z-Virus token. Something like that. Right. I don't remember Zombie Cyclops at all being a thing. I, I know I, Hawkeye don't think had we his had head one. roaming around there for a bit. I know Wolverine. Oh, no, we never we got Wolverine one in Hero sure. Clicks. We definitely never got one in Hero Clicks, but I don't think Zombie Cyclops is prominent like at all in these actual zombie storylines that I have read. The older ones. I know they do make some newer ones uh, now that I have not gotten to. But that is really cool. I'd be, you know interested uh, zombie limbs. That's, that seems very fun. Uh, I find it quite hilarious. Vigilante General Legends said the gem of Satyric. It adds a little flavor and is quote-unquote viable from a comic perspective. Ooh. To go along with that, I forgot the McCran crystal, which was like back with Wolverine and the X-Men. Before a lot of characters had stop clicks, the McCran crystal gave you like a once-per-game I just don't die because I equipped this kind of thing. And that was pretty cool. Um, last but not least on Facebook, Justin Quinn Huddycutt says, Exospecs is so much fun, but it would have to be tied with Predator as a possessor, especially if I can use it on a piece that starts on click four. Uh, Predator's the pink one, right? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it goes or whatever, and like it's invisible. Oh, yeah. Right? From, the uh, invisible one? Yeah, from... No, it's the pink one. It's not the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger one. Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. However you say it. <laughs> so he wants it to start on click four because uh, it gives you shape change, quintessence, and mystics. All that jazz. Sorry, I don't know. Never once played a... Uh... Uh, entity, so I am I'm unfamiliar with how that whole possession and whatnot works. Uh, we Ronnie on Twitter said I'm a fan of the Venom symbiote myself. I'll go ahead and read the rest. Michael Fedora said Exosex. CP Justice said love the original Mjolnir and the Gem of Satyrak. Uh, Satyrak, however you say it. We had great luck with them. Chance McCall says I'm partial to the Infinity Gems, symbiote, and Stormbreaker. I really love to see iconic things like Cap Shield, Hawkeye's bow, Wonder Woman's bracelets, etc. Uh, we need cool cap shields. You know, we have the Asgardian shield. That's not cap shield. Then we have the light object. Doesn't really do anything. I would really like a cool cap shield. Hawkeye's bow is basically a recurve with the extra draw strength. I believe that's like comic accurate. He has extra draw strength on his... Uh, it's not a recurve. It's a compound. Excuse me. Uh, well, sometimes it is. It depends which Hawkeye we're talking about. But really, it's a bow, and Hawkeye is the one that makes it do the cool things. So I don't really. Yeah, that's my like, only problem with bows. Hawkeye's eyeballs. Yeah, like you can't. I can't just pick up uh, an Olympic level bow and shoot at an Olympic level level. You know, I'm like I'm terrible with a bow and arrow. I can't do this. Right. Come on. Let me, which let does me get twenty feet away from this in, guy. Like. We've got, so Exospecs is one of the few objects that has a restriction where you have to be 30 points or more, I think, to equip it. But Big Tony 
just this like little time gangster dude with a gun can totally equip Mjolnir. He can totally, you know, put on the the chest piece of Iron Man's Mark II Hulkbuster. Like he can do all that, but can't put on exospecs. They're too powerful for him. Way too powerful. Those goggles, they'll melt his little brain. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and anyways, uh, intended off, we had Pedro Footy uh, said, Batman's utility belt, which is a resource, but that's okay. Don't worry about it. Ain't nothing but a chicken wing. And that ends uh, the Community Tuesdays section. Moving on to Jedi Legends Hero Clicks Tip of the Week. You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Super Strength deals knockback. Anytime you use Super Strength to hit an opponent, uh, they can be flung back along their knockback path, but it is optional. You can choose whether or not to use knockback. Super Strength's pretty cool. Sure is neat. Imagine, you know, I imagine if I hit you with the dumpster, if I could physically pick one up, that you might uh, go flying. Or if you're dead, then you're just crushed underneath the dumpster. So absolutely, don't forget that Super Strength does a little extra since 2017. Thank you so much for that, Jaya Legend. Moving on, we do have one, uh, we, we actually will see, blah, 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 blah. we have two questions, uh, Malcolm Rush had a question block, but uh, they're all very Christmassy holiday related, so we're just going to wait until our December whenever around that time episode, and then we'll we'll do that, sound good, and then we have a question from Oreganus, uh, or, or Organus, sorry, <laughs> uh, Oregano, Organus. yeah, or, uh, sorry, Oregano, like Robin Organ, and like yeah, organic. yeah, super fan. Uh, sends, <laughs> I'm just gonna, yeah, we're just gonna keep going. You know what? However you say it, uh, don't correct us. We know how to say it. I just have fun. It's called having fun. Chill out. Uh, he said, "Here's an interesting thing that came up in my mind, and I'll probably flesh it out more." Uh, I'm not supposed to be blah, blah 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 blah. For any particular character, how many versions of it do you feel comfortable playing? How many of let's say, this is quotes. Uh, Captain America, would you enjoy playing and you feel could provide a realistic role on their team? For the record, counting shifting focus as one entry instead of as three or whatever. Uh, he can think of six Batman pieces that he would feel comfortable playing. So this is kind of... I, I chose a couple of characters from Marvel and DC and looking at, like, out of all the ones that exist, basically, which ones would you even play? Like, out of the hundreds... Not even hundreds. There's maybe a hundred of these characters, or whatever. Twenty of these characters. How many are even good or worth your time playing? Simeon, you want to start start me off with your first character and how many versions of it yeah. do you actually play? So basically, like making fun of like the fact that WizKids keeps pumping out the same. You know, like each set. If it's an Avengers set, it's gonna have like these five at least. It's gonna have you know one of each of these five. That kind of stuff. Um, so the first one I went with is my favorite, it's Wolverine, and even though he's my favorite, there's only about five that I think are worth playing, or that I'll actually pull out of a box. That is the Super Air from Xavier School. Um, if you don't know what he does, it's just a stupid amount of stuff for 50 points, um... Plus, you can throw them on an ID card and have even more stupid stuff. There's the Regenesis Wolverine, which is just really hard to kill on the Thanks. right teams. I hate it. Yeah, he's super good, and Calder likes playing mm. against it. Um, there's the Days of Future Past Wolverine, which, even though Days of Future Past is a couple years back, he still has really good stats top dial, and it's hard to get him off of that top dial, 
because he's just got so much going for him as far as like defense goes. And then I really like the Wolverine duo with X-23 from the Deadpool set. Same thing. They can't be targeted if they have only one... Uh, I think it's if, they, if they're not adjacent to like a certain like a character on their first click, or if they have more than one action token, you can shoot at them. Otherwise, they can't be targeted. Um, plus, they've got some regen stuff, and multi-attack, and charge flurry, all kinds of cool stuff. And then, uh, my new favorite is actually the Dark Phoenix Wolverine. Uh, for 50 points, he shuts down shape change, and... Uh, stealth within three, the nose knows, and even though he's not the greatest attacker and he doesn't have a ton of staying power, you can kind of just carry him around if you need to shut down stealth and shape change. Right on. My first pick uh, was Captain America. Out of the roughly almost 80 Captain America figures we have, uh, I think there's 29 playable Captain Americas. I went through, there's a lot of really good ones we have that we've gotten recently. And there are a lot of amazing ones that are gold, like I said, as far back as uh, Hammer Thor. There's just amazing Captain Americas. So I couldn't name them all. I would say each one from Civil War is playable. Obviously, any Captain America that is in modern right now, I think, is absolutely playable. And, yeah, so on and so forth. So Captain America, there's there's about 80, and I'd say, you know, about 29 are playable. A little, little, little bit uh, less than half there. Yeah, I'm not gonna count up how many Wolverines there were because if you go once you get back to like the REV, the sculpt's the same, but there's like, yeah, yeah, there's, there's three versions. There's probably really like terrible 40. Wolverines or really terrible Captain <laughs> Americans, you know. Yeah, uh, my next figure, I decided to go with Spider-Man because, man, I don't think we get an Avengers set without Spider-Man. I think it's just every single one has to include one, if not more than one. Um, so I said there's, so I went five for Wolverine, Spider-Man, there's even less. There's only four Spider-Men that I will actually pull out, and for varying reasons. So I'll play the rare from Avengers Black Panther Illuminati, because he's just really broken. Um, he can choose Giant Reach Flurry, he can choose Stealth Combat Reflexes, he can choose something that no one ever picks... Um, it's like end cap, three targets. No one ever picks that one, though. Uh, being able to flurry your opponent with a 12 for four, and he's got shape change, indom, or shape change, indom, invuln, and precision strike. Really gross. Plus, he can reach like the whole map with like a good TK. He can he can just get anywhere and really mess your opponents up. My other pick was the rare from Earth-X. This is the one that comes with the web shooters, and he's a retaliator for Spider-Man family teams. So if I ever do play Spider-Man family teams, I usually throw that guy on just for that retaliation. He's not super good, but he's not bad by any means. Um, the other one would be the Earth-X keyword Spider-Man from the same set. But this is the one that's, he's like 30 points, he's not a main attacker. His whole thing is he places people um, without like using TK. So he's kind of like a slingshot thing. If you were going to like throw somebody up to the front and take a shot, this is a guy that can yank them back. Uh, he's pretty cool because he doesn't have to, 
he doesn't have to like move through like the square that they're in. He just has to move adjacent to the square that they're in, and then he can place them anywhere adjacent to him. So he can use himself as like a human shield. And then I don't think you can get much better than Superior Foes of Spider-Man Handstand Spidey. Uh, I think it's 049 if I remember rightly. But this is the one with Hypersonic. Uh, he's got a crazy cool shape change, which Spider-Man definitely should have shape, or not shape change, super senses. Spider-Man should have the most super senses out of any hero. And those are my four. Right on. Next up, I went ahead and I said Thor. I can think about 12 Thors or so that I would consider playing. Uh, most are modern age. I didn't count like Thoris and all of those. I did count Ultimate Thor, however. He was the only one I counted from Battleworld, as I consider him a more normal Thor Odinson. Uh, the Avengers Black Panther and the Naughty Thor is amazing. I quite enjoy... Oh, I should say amazing. He's very solid Thor. I, I enjoy both the Ragnarok Thors. Uh, for the Mighty Thor, I would say only the Super Rare and the two Chases are actually worth playing. I don't think any of the common or uncommon Thors are worth it. I know one, only one of them is only Odinson. The only Thor from What If that I half-liked was the one that was under Seth's Thrall, that rare one. I thought he was quite fun. I really enjoyed the Age of Ultron Thor, and I really enjoy the old ADX Thor and Avengers Assembles Thor as well. So, And King Thor, of course, amazing. So there's quite a few Thors oh, yeah. out there that are really, really solid, even in Golden Age. And I want to kind of throw back to Thor, not the reigning, excuse me, sorry. It's the Mighty Thor from Supernova. Uh, I think he's way too bloated for his points, but I really like his top dial. If you were in a very big point game, like a 500 point game, and you want to play the Mighty Thor, he's no card, no nothing. He's 11 clicks long, though. He has 10 speed, running shot, 12 attack, super strength, 16 defenses, impervious, 4 damage with range combat expert, the power cosmic team ability, 10 range, DD and warrior. Uh, I think he's awesome. He doesn't get a 9, or he doesn't even get a 10 attack. Well, okay, he doesn't get 10, whatever. He doesn't get a 9 attack until his last 3 clicks. Uh, one of those, he does have range combat expert. And on his last 2, he has 4 damage. His defense is terrible. That's right, I said top dial 16. He does spike to a 17 on click 4. It goes as low as a 15. But play him with, you know, uh, Dr. Donald Blake, another version of Thor, or even... Uh, what's his, what's her face? Jane Foster, and heal him back up to his fun clicks. He has Flurry in the middle of his dial with a 12 attack for 3. I just think, like, even though he's 286, if it's the right, like, point value, he's absolutely playable. More so than, quote-unquote, the right point value for a lot of figures, you know? I, I really just like this Thor, and I really want to try to put him on more teams, because I think he's awesome. Nice. Now, the one Thor you didn't mention that I would actually throw in there that I've occasionally played and uh, that's the Fear Itself one the LE oh, so sure. the only thing super interesting about him that like will actually other than the fact that he is way over costed by today's standards uh, is that he has a double power action ability uh, you give him two actions and you make a closer ranged combat attack if he hits, you roll a d6 that can't be re-rolled, and you replace his damage value with his printed damage plus the d6 Ooh. result, and you lock it. Once per game, he can use that power as a power action instead of a double power action. So, I've seen this go really crazy well, where someone will double power action, 
and they'll hit you for 10. And then I've also seen it where someone will do it and they'll hit you for 5. Um, which is like the lowest he can really do. And so uh, there's a few clicks where it's really crazy, but that's one of my favorite ones for that. My, uh, let's see, third one here. I'm going to go... I'm going to go in order of how many I will actually play. So another one that I will play four of is the Hulk. So uh, there's there's a lot of Hulks, but I really only play... So there's the Titan Hulk from Avengers Assemble. He's got the Titan tokens. He's I can't remember the storyline he's from, but he's like an older Hulk that's like he's got like all scabby and stuff because it's like radiation and I don't know it's like the end of the world kind of thing uh, there's the Age of Ultron Hulk which I used to play a lot but I kinda refuse to now cause he's just he's still really gross for 300 points there's the World War Hulk from Avengers Defenders War and that one's just really fun I've never really got him to like work as well as I wish he would but He's got Colossal Stamina, and his stats don't go down after he's been hit unless you clear. And so he's one of those figures that you just push to death trying to, like, do something. And then the new Professor Hulk from Avengers Black Panther Illuminati. I used that guy so many times during Sealed because he was a common, and if you pulled him, he was just like, well, here's my, like, big hitter. Half my team is Professor Hulk. Nice. Oh, the Hulkster. Really, really throwing him around. Next up. Yeah, none of these are like the true Hulk figure where he gets angrier as he gets hit. World War Hulk has like a stop click where he gets angry. But I I don't care about any of the ones from Thor. I don't care about like any of the ones from any of the sets where you actually have to like plan out how to play it. Yeah. I just like him be able to hit big right away. Right on. Next up, I went through and I went ahead and did one of my favorite DC characters ever. Lex Luthor. My man, sexy Lexi. How many of them are playable? Now, obviously, it's going to be a little skewed. Let's be real here. But out of the 25 Lex Luthers, I would say more than half. 13 are absolutely playable. And they all fill very fun different roles. Uh, main attackers, like the one in Rebirth, and Lex Luthor, God of Apocalypse, what I would consider very big main attackers. Two secondary attackers, like a lot of the Trinity War Lex Luthers and the WizKids LE Lex Luthor. To a lot of support Lex Luthers, like President Lex Luthor, the Batman vs. Superman Lex Luthers, uh, World's Finest Lex Luthor, the Fast Forces one, and then the animated series Lex Luthor, which is very, really good uh, support figure. So, I think this Lex Luthor has some of the most like versatility as far as a lot of these goes. You know, when he's attacker, he's a running shot, blah blah blah, whatever. And then when he's support, he's just like, a, hey, I'm here, got outwit, got leadership. Maybe I'm out of perplex or TK or whatever. But like that's it. And present Lex Luthor is a really fun, beefy leadership. Like a oh, oh, hundred point leadership is just crazy cool and fun to play. So yeah, I, I absolutely love a lot of these versions, and most of those are newer. There aren't a lot that I I wouldn't play. I know Superman and Wonder Woman. I, the only reason that he's not on here is just because he's not quite 150 points in my mind. And to a lot of people, though, you know, Lex of the God of Apocalypse isn't 250 points, but I love him all the same. Nice. 
my next up, uh, so trending down now, Iron Man. There's only three Iron Mans that I will play, and that says a lot about who I am as a person because there's so many Iron Mans that I could choose from, and I just feel like if I want a definitive Iron Man, I'm not gonna play like the I'm not gonna play like the weak version of Iron Man. If I want a Iron Man on my team, I'm playing the Avengers Defenders War Iron Man. Um, doesn't really matter which point value I play him at. He gets to pick a... Let's see, he does a free action, and he gets to pick two standard powers except defense powers. And so, he's already got shape change um, on whichever starting line you put him on. But you can do Running Shot Pulse Wave. Hey, that's a fun combo. You can do Outwit Perplex. You can do Charge Flurry. You can do anything because you get to pick two standard powers. Um, really like that Iron Man. My other go-to is the Super Air from Earth-X who generates the bystanders. I love bystander generation and that Earth-X Iron Man with his Iron Avengers is really cool. Uh, he doesn't really do a whole lot until later dial, and you kind of hope that he doesn't ever get to later dial, so that's fine. And then the only other Iron Man that I'll even consider playing is the Uncommon from Avengers Black Panther Illuminati, and that is the one that can use leadership. He's 50 points. He can lose, use leadership within six square range, and he's got he alternates between outwit and perplex. Hmm. And so he's just this cheap taxi with a cool leadership power, and you can push him if you want him to like get to perplex, but most of the time I play him for that fairly cheap outwit. And he's actually a solid attacker. He's a 10 for 3 with 6 range, so um, there's been more than one game where he makes attacks. Right on. Poor Iron Man, though. Ugh, Simeon, so mean. What a dude. What a dude. There's so many bad oh, ones, though. Bad ones. Like, I could just list the ones from What If. Like, there's like seven from What If that They're I could just yeah. go down and be like, this is why I wouldn't play this one. This is why I wouldn't play this one. All right. Uh, for me, uh, I'm doing characters that have very few amounts kind of now. This is more my joke. Uh, Guy Gardner. I love Guy Gardner. One of my all-time favorite DC characters. I just wish DC and WizKids liked him half as much as I do because we only have seven uh, there's one that's a Green Lantern, uh, who's terrible. There is the OG, the next version of Guy Gardner we have, is the Red Lantern Guy Gardner, which is terrible. Uh, he has phasing, and then ESD, and then exploit top dial, um, with flight, indominate range. Like, this does not scream, well, how cool his sculpt is, which is, like, him jumping at you, flying at you with the red chainsaw, and it's just, I'm not feeling that here, top dial. Like, then he gets involved later, it's just not a good Guy Gardner. Uh, there's three good guy gardeners. I think the latest guy gardener is great. The OG War of Light LE guy gardener, I think, is fantastic. Is still freaking amazing to this day. And then the Red Lantern guy gardener, I think, is awesome. Uh, the Star Sapphire one is just not quite there. For 103 points, I do not think he is as good as the Red Lantern guy gardener. And just as an attacker, it's just a very sad, very weak... Uh, Guy Gardner, and it's kind of a shame that we only have so many to choose yeah. from. Yeah, I have a Guy Gardner now. The new one. 
Hey, good job. I don't have that new one yet. I don't know when we're going to do it or if we already did it and I missed it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, you know, it'd be like that sometimes. Trending down one more time. Uh, Superman. I've only got two Superman that I will, Supermans, that I will actually grab and play. I own probably 20 or more. But if I'm playing a Superman, this isn't 100% true because I have played other Supermans. But. If I'm playing Superman, I'm not going to grab the KC Superman. I'm not going to grab Superman, God of Strength. I'm going to grab Trinity War Superman. Because I love that team ability that he like he boosts uh, the Trinity and he boosts Justice League. And I'm going to grab the new Super Air Superman with that like Rob Leefield like, hulking body craziness that he has from Rebirth. Um, those are the only two that I'll use going forward because they're really they both encompass the best parts of Superman and honestly I'm probably never going to play like all the KC pieces so there's no point in really playing the the Superman one right on next up in my list is also Superman oddly enough there are zero Superman figures that I would ever play in my entire life I own zero <laughs> Superman figures uh, you could not physically pay me to play a Clark Kent slash Cal L figure it, w- it will never happen until they make one that has the right amount of weaknesses uh, as to his strengths uh, I'm not going to play it. And even if it had that one, I still wouldn't play it because Superman is a loser. Moving on. What's your next pick, Simeon? Uh, so, my last... Uh, there's only one of these that I'll play, and that's Captain America. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, it's, it's Nightwing. There's only one Nightwing I'll play. There's... A lot of really good Nightwings out there. Uh, the one from World's Finest is alright. He's got some free attack stuff. The one from... Uh, what is it? Oh, the the Fast Force of World's Finest was like the cheapest Outsiders that we had for that a really long time. Point Nightwing and was not a terrible attacker. Playable. He was awesome. Oh yeah, he was crazy good. But the only one that I'll actually field on a team, whether it's Teen Titans or whether it's Batman Family or just randomly, is definitely the Rebirth one because he's got his special damage power along with the Batman ally and Titans abilities, uh, team abilities. He's got his special damage, which gives him leadership and then free. On top of leadership, he can choose either close combat expert, range combat expert, perplex, or outwit. And then you can use that power until your next turn. I played... In a sealed, I pulled two of these. And so I put both of them on my team at 75 points. And then I put some filler. And... Man, did these guys do work. Um, I got them into position. And leadership didn't matter that much. But the fact that I could outwit... like I could outwit somebody's defense. And then one Nightwing could use like close combat expert or range combat expert, whichever one he needed, and hit the guy for five damage straight through. Um, he's just super versatile. His dial's actually pretty solid. There's a lot of Nightwings that are, like, decent. They're just... It's like they took a Batman dial and they knocked a couple numbers off of it, and they were like, also, we'll give you leap climb instead of charge. 
And that's how most Nightwings feel to me. Yep. Poor Dick Grayson really gets the short end of that stick. To finish it off, there is only one of these characters that I will ever play, and that is, of course, Kite Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Until next time, we shall see. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will bring a close to this immaculate episode of Dial H for Hero Clicks. Before we go, I want to remind you that you can find Dial H for Hero Clicks on iTunes, Podbean, and on most podcast servers, wherever podcasts are found. Facebook.com slash Dial H for Hero Clicks. Twitter at Dial H4. That's the number four Hero Clicks. Go ahead. If you want to write us questions like Robin did, you can do that either by joining our Patreon, how he sent, how they sent them in. Uh, through our discord server and then also go ahead and check out our patreon and see all the new cool uh, prizing and everything we have big things coming for december or if you want to write us an email that's at dial h for hero clicks at gmail.com or of course send that into our facebook or twitter pages and we'll go ahead and read that question and answer those questions on air simeon you want to read us out of here absolutely with the gift giving season coming up it's time to start internet shopping so with that, Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. They even have a handy little, uh, like I've got somebody that's interested in this particular thing, or you know I've got someone that's a a card game player, or will, is interested in board games, and they help you buy gifts for them. And with that, they include all the latest Hero Clicks singles and sealed products, so you can check that out at CoolStuffInc.com. <laughs> Happy trails.